Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. How's it, everybody? Welcome back to the Command Zone podcast. I don't know. I said I was ready. It's, you said you were ready, and then that happened. I don't know. It's funny. I don't think I've ever quite gotten used to being the person that starts or being it. being the number it, of the first For like person. 180 episodes, it was Jimmy, and I've been doing it for the last however many, and I still am not used to it. Anyway, Command Zone podcast, that's what this is, in case you didn't know. I'm Josh Lee Kwai, your host. And I'm DJ. <laughs> I'm also here. So today... <laughs> It's an interesting show. We're going to be talking about things commander players need to stop doing. This sounds similar to uh, what we talked about last time, right? Just like things you shouldn't do, cards you shouldn't play. True. This will have uh, very little to do with cards. There might be some that have to do with cards. But it's more about like you ever in a commander table and you see somebody do something. You're like, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, or I don't think that's a good thing that they like. I think that's a mistake they're making or whatever but it's a thing that happened that's common i mean we we did come up with this list pretty easily off the top of our heads just rapid fire things that were just like no don't do that don't do that so this is a psa to all commander players a list of things that all of us should stop doing but before we get into that we need to talk about our sponsors if you head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone and order your magic products your singles you know the holidays are coming up if you've got gifts that you want to give to friends and family that's a great place to pick them up if you use the affiliate link when you do it you're getting gifts for your friends you're getting them more into magic or some other game probably and you're simultaneously helping game nights extra turns this podcast stay on the air that's what we call value while you're there also you can check out products by Ultra Pro or anywhere, your LGS, wherever you happen to be. Ultra Pro is making great things right now. We've got we've been talking about it for a couple weeks here. They've got the Black Lotus theme stuff that's out now. It's this beautiful Black Lotus art. It's on playmats, it's on deck boxes, it's on sleeves, it's on a cloth wall scroll. You've probably seen that on game nights. Ultra Pro stuff is a great way to protect your stuff when it's on the battlefield and also make your room and your game room just look cooler. Uh, and the final way to support the show is directly by going to patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode. Are you ready for this one, dude? I am. Okay. And this episode is dedicated to Vilu Sepaharu. S-E-I-P-I-H-A-R-J-U. I think that's like Scandinavian or something, maybe? Tell us in the comments. Swedish? I like the name. Yeah. I'm, I... 
uh, well, I've told my Icelandic. Sipaharu. Can't, sipaharu. Is je or J is you? a U? or je, I mean, depends on what country. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. My Scandinavian's got to be one of the, that, that t- style of language has to be one of the hardest to pronounce stuff. I don't know. One thing that's really cool is that you do have fans all over the world. Yockel that's, hops. That's the one that I can yeah. say. Is that is Yoggle Hops? It's not Joggle Hops, right? Joggle Hops, but okay. people but people say Joggle Hops. Okay, well, hope, so Vilu, you rock. You rock. And we're, I'm very sorry for butchering your name, but we did our best. Oh, I I wanted I have a little note that says New Game Nights. So if you're watching this, a New Game Nights has dropped. We have Brian Kibler, Melissa Detora, Ben Stark. That's two Hall of Famers. And Josh. And me. <laughs> And, uh, well, if you want to see how I do in that murderer's row of competition there, then uh, head on over to your YouTube channel and check out the new game nights. Okay, main topic. Things commander players need to stop doing. Listen, there are exceptions to every rule. However, 99% of the time, if you find yourself doing something that's on this list we're about to talk about, you probably need to stop. (laughs) It might be costing you games. It might be costing you fun. It might be costing you friends. Hmm. So this is a PSA, again, to all Commander players out there. Number one. You ready? I'm ready. Stop giving extra turns with expropriate. Stop doing it. Just don't do it. There's two choices. So expropriate is seven blue blue. It's a sorcery. The player who casts it gets to vote, and then each other player gets to vote. And for you either vote, what is it? You get to vote extra turn or steal a thing. Right. So if I, if I'm the player that casts it, I always vote extra turn. So the ex, the player that casts it's always getting one extra turn because they can't steal a permanent from themselves. Is it time or money, by the way? I think it's time or money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, then it goes to DJ. DJ's choice is give me another extra turn or I get to steal one of his permanents of my choice. Then it goes to Mel. Mel has the same decision. And then it goes to Jimmy. Jimmy has the same decision. Now, here's what happens all the time, and it's very, very (laughs) incorrect. I say extra turn because I cast it. It goes to DJ. He says extra turn. Mel says extra turn. And then Jimmy, it doesn't even matter what he says, but he probably says, "Uh, steal my permanent, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. You need to say steal my permanent every single time. Listen, it's going to look, you're going to look down at your board and be like, I really don't want him to have my whatever. Doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter because they're already getting one extra turn. So whatever is on top of it, that second extra turn, you you never beat the player that plays time stretch. Extra turns are very powerful and they're, they're in multiple back-to-back ones are even more powerful than we assume. And so we might be mentally downplaying the power of multiple turns, but it's incredibly powerful a huge advantage and we have to be very cautious of giving time stretches or uh double time stretches the first extra turn you is good but you have to worry that there's somebody going directly after you Mm -hmm. so you can't just use a setup turn right you still have to maybe leave man open for an answer or whatever if you know you have two extra turns in a row you use one entire turn just putting stuff out because you know well i'm going to untap with this stuff listen here's the thing if you give them one of your permanents, just just the fact that they cast and resolved expropriate means your chance to win the game went down a lot. <laughs> that's just yes. the facts of the matter, yes. right? So now that that's behind you now. That's happened, <laughs> right? You can't go back and fix that part of it. So now the question that's in front of you, the dilemma that's in front of you, do I give them an extra turn or do I give them a permanent? The extra turn choice in that scenario gives them 10 times the amount chance to win the game 
than the permanent. Even though the permanent still probably has a good chance to give them, like them stealing your permanent still has a good chance to make them win the game because they are going to get the one extra turn with it. But the you're just trying to eke out any way you can still win. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen games, and I literally used to say on the show I'd never lost a game where I cast Expropriate. I've lost one game where I cast Expropriate now. Hmm. One ever. Um, How'd you th- screw that up, Josh? And it was a time <laughs> when everybody said, steal a permanent. Okay, and that one extra turn wasn't enough to be able to overcome. Basically, what ends up happening, by the way, is that if you don't have enough turns to bring your snowball your advantage and take over the game, you get one extra turn. Everyone looks at you and is like, yeah, you are very clearly the enemy and you can do something about it. And it's three people doing something about it. When you have multiple extra turns over and over and over again, a lot of times there's no coming back from that because there's just too many combat steps, too many cards, too much of everything. Also think about this. In our in our format, if I take DJ out, anything that's his goes away. But if he gives me an extra turn, I still get it. Mm. So if I go and with my turn, I take one of the players out, well, I lose some of what I got unless I take everybody out all at once, which is possible, but it's not necessarily the most likely thing, right? Let's say I get an Ulamog and uh, a Kozilek, and uh, I don't know, an It That Betrays. That's awesome. I got one extra turn. So I go to that turn. By the way, that It That Betrays changed the math a lot in well, terms of, still of your thing. Yeah. I don't think it really did, right? Because here's what happens. That's great. That's my turn. Now I'm going to get an extra turn. So I get one swing with all three of those creatures. Depending on where we're at in the game, there's a good chance, okay, I can take out yeah, one player. Yeah, you take out one player. You're right. And then in, and then and I lose have... one of them because one of them was that player's. And now it's somebody else's turn. And you're that situation, listen, you're behind if you're the other two players that oh, did yeah. get knocked out, but you have a chance there. Oh, you totally have a chance. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. So every single time, give them the permanent. Don't care what you got on your board. Just give them the ter- permanent because that'll be right 99% of the time. I think it's a little bit like selfishness that comes in because it's my thing. I don't want to give them, but it, all of us have to suffer through your extra turn. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'm the one that gets knocked out, but that still gives somebody else a chance to beat the expropriate player. And maybe I'm not. So my best chance is give him the permanent. Homeward path. Only works for creatures. True. But it I definitely mean, limits their ability to take over a game with expropriate. You know, counterspell is also good. Oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> fine. We're working from the premise that it is already resolved. <laughs> okay. Number two. Number two. Guys, st- stop pulling out your phone. Keep your phone in your pocket. Stop yeah. it. Yeah, be be engaged with the game or don't play. It's totally fine if you don't want to play. Nobody's forcing you to play. But if you're going to play, pay attention, be involved with the game. No, yeah. no scrolling through Facebook or, you know, I know the kids just all roll their eyes because no kids go <laughs> yeah, to Facebook. Seriously. No scrolling through Snapchat. No snapping. Yeah, no, uh, no Twitter, no texting anybody. Here's, here's some times where I think it's appropriate to pull out your phone. And by the way, if... You're taking, if you're engaging with the game state with your phone, like I love it when people pull out a phone and like, I'm getting a picture of this. Yep. That sounds great. And if you don't, if you're known in your play group for not pulling out your phone and you get a text message or something like that, like people are going to give you the space when you do have to use your phone for something. You can when also it comes say, up. when it comes up like that, like I'd be like, oh, hey, sorry, sorry. I got to answer this. Yeah. Just acknowledge it. But just like. Do and then there are people that literally it's like pass and they're on their phone. Yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I think that this actually uh, brings up a really important aspect of commander in magic in general. It's that it's a complicated game. 
It's a social game, but it's a complicated game. Have you ever sat down, uh, maybe at a GP or at a table or something like that, you're shuffling up and you're having like really good conversation. Like everything's going really well. And then suddenly you start playing magic and it's like, yeah, I can't talk to you anymore. Like this is, this is actually common. This happens at GPs every so often (laughs) where it's like, I, I can't do multitask in this. And so one thing to know is that number one, it's okay for, if you're having a conversation to be like, hang on, take your turn and let them take their turn and then pick the conversation back up again so that you facilitate conversation and also let the game go smoothly. Because also people don't want to do it. It's rude to be like, it's my turn. So you want to go, but also you want to finish answering the person. So just understanding that there's this dynamic that is hard to carry on conversation and a game of magic at the same time. So just acknowledge it and be like, go ahead and take your turn. Then say, we were talking about blank. And then you pick the conversation back up again. Because one thing that sucks is just imagine Josh and I are having like a really great in-depth conversation about something and the game just stalls. Yeah. And everybody else has to sit Then that means that two other people are sitting there going like, so, and then that's when they pull out their phone because they're left out. And so making sure that the game progresses nicely uh, means that you avoid instant distractions, you engage in the game, and you acknowledge that this game requires some attention and you give some patience and give some understanding. That's the worst part of people pulling out their phone is that inevitably it comes to their turn and they're like, okay, wait, what'd you play? And uh, it's like, you're, and now I'm repeating everything that happened for yes. the person because they yes. couldn't be bothered to pay attention. Like, it's not my job to keep track of what's going on in the game for you. And listen, I'll help people out that don't know cards and things that are paying attention. But somebody that's on their phone that's willfully ignoring stuff, come on. That's just disrespectful to everybody else at the table. Just pay attention so that you know what's going on. And that's going to make the games a lot more fun, too, because that person that pulled out the phone is inevitably going to play something. And somebody's going to be like, that has a text proof because of this. Oh, okay, hold on. I'm not going to do that. Do something else. Well, if you do that, they've got this out here. So it's just going to come back in from the graveyard. Oh, I'm not going to do that. It's just like exhausting. So just don't be that person. Yeah. Okay. These are good life lessons, by the way, Josh. Be respectful of the Yeah, people like if you're ever you're... at like dinner or something like that. And it's like, sometimes when I'm engaging with other people, I really do want to pull out my phone in certain situations because, you know, there's other people to do it. My phone is comfy. I like, you know, I like my phone. I like to read about stuff. I get like nice comments from all of you and it makes me feel good. But then I'm like, no, I'm going to leave my phone away. And even if other people have theirs, I'm going to actively try not to have it. And I'm going to try to break in the conversation. And yeah, I'm going to be being a lot present. More. I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to be engaged. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to let you read this next one. Okay. Uh, is this a bad one? Oh, no, no. It's nope, just the one you put on the one. list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stop relying on me to track all your stuff. Okay? Just because I brought a piece of paper to the game doesn't mean that I'm suddenly in charge of all the life totals. I'm in charge of your commander damage or your poison damage. Keep track of your own stuff. Yeah. Be prepared too, especially if your deck has infect in it. You should be prepared to track poison damage because you're the one with the infect stuff. Do you track other people's commander damage in just the average game? No. I don't either. I track mine and I can. I hate tracking my own, but I will do it because I have to. I only do it in some decks too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if there's a chance of it happening, like then I'll admit to tracking it. And then some decks I'm like, no, I'm just not even going to There's some it. decks like my Vile Smasher <laughs> Thrasios deck where I like early on, it's like I have a two drop. It'll swing at you for one. And somebody's like, I took one for commander. I'm like, you don't even have to worry about it. It'll never, <laughs> it'll never matter. If that person, here's the thing. If you want to track any, everything and be the person that's like, no, I like seeing everything. I like having it all up there. Fine. Totally fine. Do you know what's a great way for tracking everything where everyone can see it, Josh? Yeah, if only there was an app for that. 
The Lifelinker app. Oh my gosh. You know, people still ask us all the time, what is the life tracking app that we use on game nights? And it's called Lifelinker. We developed it and it's free on iOS and Android. Um, it's free to download and the basic functionality is free. And for 99 cents, you can lock, unlock the entire thing, which just gives you like colored backgrounds and some other stuff. Patrons of our show, they get a logo background. We are going to be working on getting Jumbo Commander backgrounds for Lifelinker. And it's very, very simple. And actually, we've seen people using it for other games now because it's just a very simple layout. There's no frills. no. It just counts up and down and it will track Commander damage. Do you want to know the best thing about it? There's no ads that pop up nope. in the middle of your game. Nope. <laughs> Gosh. No. And, it, and it will go up to six players, which I think a lot of apps, That's they great. stop at four. So if you have a larger game. But yes, I, I think you got to track your own stuff and you have to be prepared to do it. Do you know what else ha uh, helped a lot is that those clicky dice that oh, come yeah. in the anthology sets, those are there. So there are two little wheels there's and a, they go all the way up to 99, them, but I'm trying to think of what it is. I like clicky, <laughs> clicky, dice. clicky commander dice wheels. <laughs> so there, they goes all the way up to 99 and you can, you can click them around mm -hmm. because it's so easy to adjust those. The spin down die is awful for our format and they I really knocked, don't like it yeah. at all. They roll excellently which is part of the problem awful <laughs> i actually will use like a 10-sided dice one that has a zero and then another dice that goes up to like even a six-sided dice so then you put a four and a zero and use it that way that's fine lifelinker is obviously the best Pe uh, piece of paper is fine too i just hate where i go around and i have a clicky die and i'm keeping track of myself and i go around and i'm like well, so what are you at and they're like well i don't know i don't know 40 i think and you're like, I know you had a fetch land. <laughs> like, I can see it right. Oh, okay. You have a paint land on the battlefield. Did you ever tap that for? Yeah, I got to sit here and like keep track oh, of it all. Come, come on. on. Just keep track. Okay. <laughs> all right. Number four. Stop being tempted by the tempt spells. Josh, why are you sharing this? I love playing Tempt with Discovery and Tempt with Vengeance. I love these spells because people don't know how to play them. So Tempt with Discovery is the one you see the most, and this is a spell that costs three and a green. Yep. And it says you can search your uh, library for a land and put it onto the battlefield, any land. However, each other player can then choose, each of your opponents can then choose if they want to search their library for a land and put it onto the battlefield. And for each one of them that does, you get to search your library for an additional land and put it onto the battlefield. So... If I play it and DJ, Mel, and Jimmy all say, yeah, I'll search for a land, then I get four lands and they each get one. Never, ever, so ever. Good. Well, I'm going to talk about the exception after this. But oh, in, I know the exception. But yeah. basically never, ever do this. Temp with Vengeance is uh, the one that creates tokens. Yep. One, one elementals, elementals with haste. So let's say I create five. Somebody else could create five and then I get 10. If they all get five, then I get, what is that? Uh, 20. 20. Yeah. And then you could basically swing and kill one person. Yeah. That's a lot of power. That's right a there. lot of power. The, all the temp spells are pretty bad if nobody is tempted. Like three and a green, go find a land out of your library. It's very Not mediocre. very good. Yeah. You, Especially if you can pay one more and you can get the, two lands. You can pay the same. Explosive Vegetation and Sky Shard claim. They don't get everything, both, though. No, no, I'm just saying. they get. But like a, a direct comparison is Hour of Promise. Yes. Five mana, get two, two. lands. Yep. And most of the time, uh, Cabal Coffers, Urborg, that kind of stuff are two lands. And so they really want to get that second one. And exactly. the third and the fourth one don't help them as much necessarily. Sometimes they just want to get Guy's Cradle or, or whatever. But yeah. uh, that spell's horribly inefficient to go find one land. So you're kind of punishing them by not being tempted. 
there is the exception to the rule, and I'll tell it to you right now. And this is only if you can get the table to agree with it, or you can do it by yourself if you can tell the table what you're doing. With the temp with discovery, the best play I've found, and I was taught this one time when somebody cast it, I think it was at a GP. Oh, it might have been a play group I played with in San Diego. Anyway, the person cast it, and I was like, no one's gonna be tempted, right? I did. I was trying to convince the table, and, and one guy's like, actually, if we all go agree to go find a land, but we all go get strip mine, they're gonna get their fourth best choice. Yep. And I was like, oh, that is brilliant. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'm in. I'm gonna go get strip mine. And so what happened is, the person who was casting the tempt, they couldn't even go get the cards they wanted to because if they go get Cabal Coffers, Urborg, something, something. Well, what are we going to destroy with strip mine? Cabal Coffers and Urborg are the first to go. Yeah. So they were like, crap, I'll just go get three like regular lands, I guess. And they put those out on the table. And then we were like, strip three of them, you only get one. You know, and, and we we didn't even strip the lands they got, I think, because they already had like a, you know, like a bayou or something in play. We'll take that away, blah, blah, blah. And so that, if you can get the table to agree to go get strip mine or wasteland, if you have those. Um, that's powerful and punish the player then you can actually punish the player that cast and if, him if you discovery. can do it without having that table conversation if let's say that josh and i give each other the look yep and then it just happens then the person will think they're they're they got it all one will play the urborg and the cabal coffers won't even search for those bad those random lands and then you get to just just take out all the great lands you out of their boom deck. boom okay uh important <laughs> safety tip if they're playing Gitrog Monster, oh yeah, <laughs> Omnath, Titania, Lord Windgrace, don't do that. Just, just that. <laughs> just that don't plan, be tempted. <laughs> that plan won't work. You got to fall back on the "Don't be tempted" plan. <laughs> okay, number five. All right, this is one that bothers me more than it should. Okay, stop rolling dice to decide who to attack. Oh, it this drives me crazy. One. It drives me crazy. Okay, the reason why is that. I think that you should do everything with consciousness. You don't just go in and say, oh, I'm playing this game haphazardly and I'm not even thinking about anything. I'm gonna let fate decide for me. No, you have information in front of you. You know play. You know Josh is a good player. Attack him. You can look at the commanders and He's see. Politicking now. Yeah, you can look at the commanders and see which one is powerful. You can see who has more land drops. You know who went first. Make the right call, attack the right person, threat assessment always. I mean, I, the big argument I would say, and something that maybe changes my mind, because I have rolled dice for who attacks before, it depends on the group. If I think that's actually going to deflect blame mm -hmm. based on who I'm playing with, then rolling the dice is worth it for me in that if they're not going to hold me accountable for that, you know, if that actually works. Yeah, you're right. I, I guess we got to rewind here. Follow up. Don't let people deflect blame for rolling dice. Yeah, I want to explain that <laughs> um, that idea because maybe not everybody understands it. So a lot of the reason that you roll dice or that a player rolls dice to decide who they're going to attack. And by this, we mean when somebody goes, it's usually early in the game. Yeah. A lot of times, like, let's say my Vile Smasher deck, it's a three drop. And a lot of times when I play it, I look around and nobody's got a creature because they just played Mana Rocks and Cultivates and stuff, and I can attack any player with it. The problem is, in Commander, being aggressive usually punishes you. It, it, it creates a grudge in somebody's head where they're going to pay you back or whatever, and players actually want to uphold that kind of reputation that you can't do things to them because it strengthens them later, right? Mm -hmm. It's a precedent that they're setting. And so one of the counter moves to that a lot of times is like, I'm just going to roll the dice and whatever the dice say, that's who's going to attack. And so it's taking my responsibility 
out of it. But that's ostensibly. A, but, but that's a trick because you are still the one choosing to roll dice, choosing right. to make it random. Right. Yeah. But you're covering it in a layer of obfuscation so that yeah. the person that gets hit will just be like, okay, it was the dice or whatever. And some people will say, yeah. oh, it was just the dice, it doesn't matter, and totally leave Josh out of it. Yeah. And that's why people roll the dice. And so there is an upside to doing that. Now, the counter to that is not allowing the person to get away with it and still holding the grudge or paying them back later or whatever. Here's the other thing I would say is recently because of all the data that we did in the data series, we know there's a bunch of factors that actually give people advantages and we need to even out those factors. And one of the ways is aiming chip damage their way. And so if somebody got an early soul ring or somebody went first or somebody is not playing white, (laughs) uh, things like that. Somebody has the most lands. Plays an expensive deck, an expensive card. Doesn't have, or or has the most lands in play should probably be the number one thing that you start going after. also could be like the most cards in hand that was something we weren't able to track just because it's hard to tell how many cards people have in a lot of these videos but i would assume has some kind of advantage you can choose a number of those factors and get in at the player and maybe even if you say that i'm gonna attack you because you have the most lands that might have the benefit of getting the other two players to be like i'm gonna attack you because you have the most lands um or i'm gonna attack you because you went first verbalizing that may actually get everybody to team up against that player and bring them back down to a normal level or even below where they, they're disadvantaged. And so I do kind of agree that the rolling of the dice, it takes away your ability to to make a game evening, evening the playing field play, if that makes sense. Oh, I totally agree. Uh, I don't like it when also people just let them accept that. They're like, oh, okay. If it's also, by the way, if it's not advantageous for you to attack, you know, Josh might in his Vile Smasher deck be like, look, a damage in with Thrasios is not worth having anyone's eyes on me at all. Yeah. I think it's totally okay for him to just say, nope, no tax, keep going. Yep. Yep. Um, I have I have one other exception. Okay. Um, Ruhan of the Fomori. <laughs> <laughs> Who has to attack an opponent at random? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell Wedgie said that. Um, all right. Number six. This one's mine. Stop agreeing to the first offer. So we talk about politics all the time on the show. uh, And a big part of politics in EDH is the offering of deals and alliances. I'm not talking about the person offering the deal here. I'm talking the person getting offered the deal. I see this way too much and it should basically never happen where somebody turns and goes, DJ, if you don't attack me next turn, I won't kill that thing. And I'm like, all right. Because I'm most of the time it's because you're okay with that situation. Yeah. But you're not trying to be just okay with the situation. You're trying to get as much value as possible in order to give you the best possibility of winning the game. Anybody who teaches you about negotiations will tell you that if they've come to you and made the offer, they're not offering you the most they're willing to give. They want the thing that they're asking you for more than you want it. Otherwise, you would be coming to them. So anytime anyone approaches you with a deal, it's incumbent upon you to get the most you can, and it's always going to be more than what they offered, which means you should always counter. Be like, yeah, I won't attack you, but then you can't also attack me next turn. Yeah, or you have to attack that person or mm-hmm. something. I like that a lot. Where yeah. It's like you have to aim stuff on the other person. Yes, get something. Get Get something additional. Don't just take what was offered. I guarantee you that 99% of the time, they will give it because they really must want what it is they're asking for. 
because they started from nothing. It's not like you were talking about it before. They usually will turn to you and just straight up be like, don't attack me. <laughs> well, what do I get? This. No, I want this and that. And most of the time they'll be like, okay. So Josh, do you think that this makes the games like last a little bit longer? Makes like the politics a little bit more contentious? Maybe, but that can be in your advantage. I, I, don't I, think, I do think it is in your advantage, yeah. like 100%. That's just, that's just how negotiation works. Well, and any, there's a great line in negotiation, uh, which is if they haven't said no, then you haven't asked for enough. Ooh. That's, a, that's just a great line. And then this is another great life lesson. I don't care what you're negotiating. That's a, really, that's a really good sort of baseline to think about. I don't think it makes the game extremely longer, right? Because you go, Josh, I don't, you know, don't attack me and I won't kill that thing. And I go, how about you don't kill that thing and also you don't attack me on your next turn? Okay, deal. That doesn't take a lot longer. Yeah, I now, agree. Now, if we start haggling a lot, yeah, then the other players are like, oh, yeah, exactly. Okay, just attack me if you just move the turn on. But you can also use that too. So if people start taking a long time, I'm, I will often be like, I'm just going to try and kill you as hard as possible because <laughs> you're wasting my time now. <laughs> there you go. That's politics in action too. One thing that's a, that's a premise of going into this negotiation is that we are actually at this opposite negotiation table. Sometimes we might have an alliance going already, and this this doesn't necessarily need to be a back and forth. We could be starting from a position of friendship where we're like, okay, that's like, we are kind of working together. Yeah, true. Yeah. Always just get as much as you can though. And let me tell you, if they came to you, they're always willing to give more. Always. Okay. Okay. Number seven. Okay. Stop cutting lands from your deck. Now, I'm, you might- I, I do this sometimes, yeah. Everyone, everyone, do, everyone does it. Everyone does it. I do it too. <laughs> but I, it really, it's a natural thing, but stop cutting lands. And actually, there's a reason why I care about that. Okay, Number one, I care about all of you. I do. <laughs> I care that you guys have great play experiences. I love y'all. Okay. Help me help you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and you will have less of a great play experience when you cut lands. But also another thing that, I, I've seen you do this as well, but a lot of times if someone starts mulliganing down, I'm just like, drop to seven. I want a good game. I don't want you to mulligan into oblivion and then you know the game doesn't work and you're just completely out of game. I don't want that at all. But the problem is, is that if you are cutting lands from your deck, you deserve that. It's your fault and I'm it's enabling you. It's your fault. <laughs> so if you're down to like 32 lands and I'm always saying, oh, it's okay, go up to seven then you're not being punished for your bad decisions. Have you ever noticed, this happens to me where like, a new set comes out, a new set comes out, it's been a year, you've updated your deck a few times. Uh, I bet if you've done that over the course of like a year or a year and a half, and you were to go back and count the lands in your deck, <laughs> it's like, oh man, there's only 34 <laughs> lands in here. Oh no. Because like, you're like, oh, Assassin's Trophy, that's awesome, I need to put that in this deck. And you're going through and you're like, what do I take out? What do I take out? What do I take out? I'm just going to lose a forest. Put it in. Don't think about it. And then the next set comes out and that happens. And you don't do it every time. But over the course of a certain amount of time, you know, I've definitely gone in and counted lands and decks. I'm like, geez, this is down to 33 lands. And when you're tinkering, <laughs> do you ever go like, you know what? I really want to add that forest back in. No, no. you never add one back in. <laughs> and so, yeah, you got to go. Th you got to be aware. Like, I've probably done this. I need to go look at the deck and I need to find two or three cards to pull out. And I need to get that land count up to 36 to 38. We just learned that that's one of the most important things in the entire format is just keeping up with the amount of mana that people have having the most lands in play is a huge indicator of if you're going to win because 
that's just going to allow you to deploy your resources. So stop, 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 stop cutting lands from your deck. Stop it. Okay. Number eight. I didn't even call you out on that one. I know. It's okay. All right. Stop making everyone watch you search. Crack that fetch land or that tutor on your turn. The marginal advantage just ain't worth it. I think we've talked about this. I think a lot of people get this, but I still I still see it. The fetch land thing is perplexing. A lot of people, it's like, I know that's what... Do you think you're coming from modern? Because by the way, Jerry it doesn't Thompson even matter in legacy LSV either. would tell you to do, <laughs> right? Don't give up any information. Do it. Crack that fetch land on the end step before your turn. But seriously, the advantage is so minimal. You're probably not playing for anything all the time. I'm like, play Wooded Foothills. I'm going to crack it for something. Go ahead. And while everyone else is going, I'm going to search and find the land that I want. I'm not going to do it on the end step before my turn so that they don't know, oh my gosh, did he get a mountain or a forest? Or did he get a dual land? Do you know what we should do? We should start playing like Shadow of Doubt and and other things that say you can't search your library at instant speed or like Nimble Obstructionist and just punish those people. Even Mind Sensor. Yeah, that, makes you, that, that make you wait. Just be like, you know what? This is not for you, but now it is. Shadow yeah. of Doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, like, enlightened tutoring and stuff if you've watched um extra turns we did this we don't we can't really show it on game nights just the way that it's cut but like very often we'll you and i both will do things like this and jimmy does it our entire play group does it which is play enlightened tutor on my turn and just say i'm going to cast this on the end step before my turn but i'm going to search now and so <clears throat> if something weird happens in between now and then, I might change what I'm... Mill or... And by the way, like mill doesn't hit it or like yeah. something else doesn't hit it. Uh, you'll just mill off the top anyways because you we all know how it works. There's a, there's a unspoken understanding that you're doing this at the exact right time that you're supposed to do it. We trust that you know how this works. Yeah. The, at GPs and things, you'll often see people that just wait until the end set before their turn to play their vampiric tutor. And it's just like... And and that might be in an unfamiliar playgroup. That might be fine. They don't want to be punished. They don't want to. So, they, so you default to the exact right way you should do it. But try to encourage people to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's okay. And I mean, if they I, try to do this, they're not trying to cheat. They're trying to they're trying to speed it up and do a favor for you. I mean, at the GP, I'll say I'm going to do this thing, and I'm going to I'm going to play my enlightened tutor, but I'm going to do it on the end step of her, uh, of her turn before my turn. But I'm just going to search now to save us time. Is that cool? If they say no, fine. Then they they want to wait. If no. if they say that's fine, you know. And a lot of times it's like they say it might not like, be fine. cool, or they look at you like they're confused just because they don't know that this is a thing yeah. that people that play a lot with these effects do. Yeah, it'll it's it's so much better because if you're ever looking through your library for a card, whether it's a land or anything else that you tutored for, and no one else is doing anything, you screwed up. Yeah, <laughs> something like not, that's not necessarily true. Sometimes demonic tutor is a well, and also like you sometimes need to sorcery use the land. Your turn. You'll even say, and hopefully you know your deck enough that you you crack it. You're like, okay, crack it for a bayou, or you just say what it is, and you just go, and like you don't even get the land yet. Oh and yeah. Then you do your turn, and then you're like, okay, pass, and then you pick up your library and you find that land you need. Sometimes you don't even have it. Like you're like, didn't wasn't there a time where you said crack for a bayou, and you're like, I turn later. I don't even have a bayou in this deck. It's an overgrown tube, and then yeah, that was on that was on extra turns. Yeah, that's what we do a lot, right? Play wooded foothills, crack it. Say I'm gonna go find a you know a taiga. You could even say untapped green. Yeah, I'm gonna find an untapped green source, and I'm gonna tap it, and I'm gonna cast this card. 
go ahead. And I'm actually, I haven't even searched my library yet. And they're like, yeah, fine. And then, you know, if it happened to be a so shock land, you just take the two extra damage. Yeah. Um, but they don't want to have to sit there and watch you search because it's just a waste of time for everybody. So stop making people watch you search. Uh, okay. Here's one that kind of bothers me. Stop scamming the priority system. And I actually think that a lot of these are just like, hey, your play experience could be better. I actually think this one's a little bit manipulative. But this one's like a little bit scummy. bad. Yeah, it can be a little bit scummy. So let me explain what's going on. So we're so at a four-player. Explain how it's supposed to work. Yeah, we're at a four-player commander table. Josh plays a spell. Expropriate. What's supposed to happen is that it priority goes to me. It goes clockwise around the table in turn order. Exactly. And I have a chance to react to the expropriate. And then I can pass my priority to Mel. So DJ goes, I don't have a counter spell. I can't do anything. I pass priority. Yep. Then Mel says, I don't have anything. And then passes priority to Jimmy. Jimmy goes, Jim force of will. And I go, crap. And we're all like, whew. Okay. That's how it's supposed to work. That's technically how priority passing goes. Anytime anything happens that can be responded to, that's how it goes. And CEDH knows this and they pay very close attention to verbalizing passing priority because resources are very important. And if you play more competitive magic, like you pay very attention to who has priority. In, in competitive magic, that's not EDH though. It's 1v1. So exactly. You know, it's going you're back not and like, forth. Yeah. I have a counter spell, but if DJ goes first, I'm not going to use it. Yeah, exactly. It, exactly. Yeah. Um, but in casual commander, we shortcut it in a lot of ways and some people abuse that shortcut right don't that's the thing here so here's not the don't situation shortcut. that happens it's not don't shortcut yeah this so is don't abuse the shortcutting exactly so here's the situation that happens now uh i have a counter spell and so i i never say pass priority i just wait yes and i wait for i just kind of look around and i wait and then i hope that mel or jimmy uses their threat uh, against Josh beforehand. And then if Josh is like, sweet, I vote time. I'm like, oh, wait. And then I play my counter spell. Yeah. So I slow roll my my interaction, hoping that one of my opponents steps in in front of me. It's okay to be like, I'm not sure. Hang on a second and hold them. But don't, don't do that. Don't like abuse the priority system. If you're the first player to act, the, the first player that's going to have the chance to respond and you have the ability to stop it and you're thinking in my head i'm going to stop it if no one else does you kind of have to at that point yeah. you just got to know you can't go are you guys going to stop i, I guess you can you can you hold can priority say. you can say hang on a second do you guys have anything are you guys going to stop it like yes you, you can, can do the political part of it exactly but you what you shouldn't do is like what people do is they just don't say yeah, anything. They just sit there and they look at the other players like, are you going to do something? And then when they're clearly not going to, then they'll use it, but only if they have to. Yeah. Sometimes, and this is totally fine too. This happened on Game Nights once um, in the uh, Guilds of Ravnica episode where I was going to respond, but Adam got so excited. He just said, in response, I'm going to do this. If somebody jumps it like super fast, like let's say I said, I cast expropriate. And DJ is, you know, has the counter spell in hand and is going to be like, should I counter it, guys? But Jimmy just gets excited and goes, I force of will it. Like, before I've even really... Then that's not DJ's fault. I'm like, fine with that. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, well, I know that's going to happen now, so I can let it happen. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a little bit fuzzy, but you know when people are trying to scam the priority system. Because what sucks is when you feel somebody's doing that, and then you have to enforce priority how it's supposed to happen. And then the game just grinds because you're like, do something. Priority, priority, priority. It happens? Okay. Do something else. Priority, 
Priority. I go to combat. Priority. Nobody wants to play that way. So don't be the guy or the girl that's trying to scam that system. Just do it in good faith. Do it in goodwill. Do it how it's supposed to happen. And and the people that are scamming it, they know how priority works. Exactly. They clearly do. Otherwise, they couldn't scam it. It's the people that... Maybe no. they don't. Maybe they're just like... Oh, that's true. Maybe they're just like, it's multiplayer and I'm going to... I'm going to wait and they think it's okay to jump in. But people that know how priority works is, are like, no, it's not, it's not how it works. Yeah. It shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Okay. Number nine. No, that was number nine. Oh, we're on number 10. Yeah, this is the last one. We're at the end of the list. All right. This is the only house rule that I've ever called for when we've played. You, didn't, it is. you don't enforce it though. I know, but I tell people <laughs> and I hope they'll be good about it. <laughs> Just... All right. Number 10 is stop scooping at instant speed don't i have the ability to pick up my cards whenever i want Josh? you certainly do and i have the ability to not call you the next time that <laughs> we're playing listen it's it's this i'm talking in instances where you're you're basically scooping you're basically conceding the game to deny advantage to a player yeah i've said i you i don't usually say this i have said hey listen we're only scooping at sorcery speed now i don't enforce it <laughs> Because it's hard. If somebody's like, uh, my wife called, I'm going to scoop. You can't tell them no. Well, you know? and also that's not, that's not really messing up the, the game very yeah. much. I think that one place where I've seen this is you remember when Anala came out, they have the Wanderwine Profits combo. Yes. And people loved the ability to get infinite turns and infinite combats with uh, Wanderwine Profits and Anala. And it's a complicated combo, so I'm not going to explain it here. But basically it relies on hitting the person. You have to deal combat damage. You right? have to deal combat damage to them. And so at any point in time, I can say I attack Josh. And then you're like, before damage, I'm just going to scoop. And, and then, then my combo fizzles. Yeah. And I had the, I could have had the win. In many cases, you do have the win. And then I just suddenly don't now because you decided to scoop. Now, yeah. is that strategic? It's technically within the rules of the game. Yeah. I, I guess don't like so. it though. Yeah. It feels scummy again. This to me feels like gaming the system. It feels outside the game to me. When, quitting to deny the opponent some sometimes somebody has like a big life linker or like they're going to get infinite That's life a thing too you yeah can, i've seen people try to concede well i'm going to concede so you don't gain the life conceding to deny an opponent an advantage to me is pretty scummy like it's just it's just not the way the game's meant to be played multiplayer is meant to be played because they should get the advantages that they work for and they should be able to then leverage those against the other players that's how the game works they like I don't want to be making moves going, well, well, if they just concede on the spot, then I don't get my effect. And Mind that sucks slave. because that gives you an advantage. Yeah. Knowing knowing that you're the person that concedes gives you a little bit of an edge because I'm going to use my Wanderwine, cop, uh, Wanderwine Profits combo on everyone except for you last. Right. Yeah. You, you were it's about to say Mindslaver. Mindslaver falls in this category because, and I forgot to mention this last episode, but like if they Mindslaver one player... It's like if you concede in, in response to that, you're taking advantage away from that player, right? They were going to be able to use your turn against the other players. Another reason I don't like Mindslaver because I was t saying how I don't like to concede to it. That's one of the reasons. Well, and also like they can do it in a, if, even if you have infinite Mindslaver, like they could theoretically do it at your end step. Be like, all right, or your cleanup or your end step where you can't cast it at sorcery speed or do any of your extra stuff. I'll just concede. And then suddenly you lose the turn you stole and then it just jumps over to the next player. Yeah, it's. I just don't like this at all. I, I, you know, definitely there's, listen, I give people breaks and we all should. In our play group, it's happened where somebody's frustrated and they do that and whatever. And it's not like I'm not going to call them for the next 
game night. But if somebody was <laughs> doing it all the time, I, th I think I really would consider being like, uh, I'm not just not going to play with that person anymore because they're not willing to give me the advantage that I've earned. I'm playing the cards and sequencing everything in a way, and I don't want to have to factor in, are they going to just quit? I'm wondering if that's the, the type of player that gets tilted. Yeah, I think it's related. It's a little bit related to someone that gets kind of frazzled when they, when they lose. And that could be another thing that stems out of this. It's like, be a gracious winner. It's fun. If you win and you're like, great job, that's fun. You shuffle up and you play another game. If you're like, can't believe you did that. I'm going to type something in MTGO to your face. <laughs> <laughs> that was great top decks. Yeah. I wish I could be so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're all on you know, if I had, chat. You know, if I had, You're scarred. If I had scarred. these three cards in my, from my deck in my hand, Who you would have lost. with X card, scrub? <sighs> <laughs> Scoop at sorcery speed only. That, that's, a, that's a good house rule too. And, and like I say, I don't, I don't enforce it, but we do try and say it at the beginning but of you might actually, the evening. You might actually enforce it on yourself. I definitely enforce it on myself. I've never once done that. And scooping, scooping to sort of deny other people or king make kind of thing is like a little bit like, you know what? Sometimes if they're taking it out, they deserve to be the king because they've reached that advantage. I don't mind king making. And that's the sort of last um, death throw, like last punch there should or stab be. you can throw out before you go. I'm totally okay with that. that because just like you should get your advantage by killing me, you should also take on the risk that I can just go and stab you yeah, one more listen, time before I'm I die. Dead, I like that. Before I go, I can swords and fork it and take out your two best things. I love that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because that's what you deserve. Now I'm going to die, but you didn't weren't in such a commanding position that you could take me out without incurring I think that's a, the other side of, of the coin yeah. basically where it's like okay like if you deserve the advantage you get from killing someone without instance you deserve the disadvantage exactly yeah okay all right those are the top 10 things commander players need to stop doing to the listeners what is something you see commander players do all the time that you think they should stop doing that we didn't mention on this episode yeah feel free to leave it anonymously so you don't have to like make everyone in your play group upset at you yeah <laughs> What? <laughs> You're going to go to... This is going to cause it's trouple, the Josh. Internet. They already feel free people to do gonna, everything anonymously. People are going to come to play groups them. and they're going to be like, stop it. Stop <laughs> it right now. That was bugging me, the, the paper on the table back there. Um, <laughs> I did that. That was my that was my throw. It made it off this table, there. but actually that was a trick shot. You landed on the table without... Yeah. I mean... I'm impressed. <laughs> Something else I'm impressed with. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. You know, we get messages constantly with people saying how good condition the cards are that they get, how fast they get to them. Uh, sometimes, and this happens with any business, there's a little bit of a snafu where they don't, you know, there's a little mistake made. And Card Kingdom is very, very good about going above and beyond to fix problems when they happen. And I think that's something not enough companies do. You know, you have a bad experience and they just compound it by making it worse. Well, Card Kingdom is known to take care of it very fast, make sure that the person is happy and wants to come back to them again, uh, even after a mistake has been made, which there's no higher praise you can give to a company. So cardkingdom.com slash command zone. And also make sure to check out all the awesome stuff by Ultra Pro. We've been, we've been talking about these uh, Black Lotus sleeves, play mats, deck boxes, Black Lotus. I mean, is there a more iconic magic imagery? In fact, people that don't even know really what magic is will often know what the Black Lotus is. Yeah. It just has sort of a cultural icon status. So if you want to have that on your side of the battlefield, Ultra Pro products are the place to find it. Okay. Now it's time for the end step. 
where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I'm cheating because you wrote You're something cheating? down. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this was a this was a present I got I got recently, oh. relatively recently. I got it for my anniversary. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and I want to share it because I've always wanted it, but it's one of those things you have these things where you like, you want something, but you're like, I'm definitely never going to buy that right, for myself, right, yeah. you know? And so my wife kind of picked clothes. up on that. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> my wife kind of picked up on it and was like, okay, I'm going to get that for you. Okay. So what it is, is it's an ecosphere. Ecosphere? Ecosphere. Okay. So what it is, is it's a completely closed biome. So it's a, just a, basically a thing of glass that has no ins or outs in terms of air or anything. It's completely solid glass. And inside is like water and algae and, and little bacteria and little shrimp. And so there's nothing going in and out. It's just a solid You can't affect thing. it really? The only thing that goes in is sunlight. And so the sunlight uh, makes the algae grow and the shrimp eat the algae and fertilize the algae and the algae produces the air for the shrimp. And it's an entire ecosystem that's enclosed in this little thing that sits on your desk. Wow. If, uh, if there aren't any like available cool images on online that you're seeing right now, Murph, I'll get you a copy of uh, my own one. Record some my, with your phone? Record some with my How big phone. are the shrimp Shaky now? image. Uh, so one thing that's interesting is that like you have to keep the system relatively like you can't overheat it obviously you right. can't do that stuff like that don't it put actually, it in the microwave it actually can't get too much light because that's the only thing that can affect it so if it gets too little light the algae goes down and there's enough oxygen for the shrimp and if there's too much then it kind of overwhelms the ecosystem but it's completely it closed delicate. it's a little bit delicate but it's com but it's completely closed and so you don't have to like feed them or anything like that and these things last for years there are ones that they have at universities that are like big, big ones, not just little desk ones. And they've lasted for dozens of years. Wow. Wow. Ecosphere. Yeah. Do you They're have a little it on bit your desk at work? Yeah. I have it on like a little shelf at work and, and literally like, I love it so much. I like look over, I look over and I look and I see these little shrimpies just going like and swimming around and eating algae and doing their own little shrimpy world. And, and I like it a lot. It distracts me and it's, it's very peaceful. <laughs> the reason why and but they're a little bit expensive you can get them on amazon you can get them from the website or something like that but they're not like like it's obviously a luxury item it's like it's like little shrimp that you put on your desk that you have to take care of and it's, like make sure like it doesn't apply decor kind of yeah exactly ways, but um but it's living room decor i, I like it a lot all right ecosphere the links will good. be definitely in the show notes as all of our end steps always are oh this is the jumbo commander shout out portion of the show so if you go to YouTube and in the search bar, you type in Jumbo Commander, you're going to find DJ's channel. If you didn't know, DJ doesn't just co-host the Command Zone podcast with me. He has his own entire channel on YouTube where he talks about Commander and has tons of deck techs. Also is doing some Singleton Arena videos. Yeah. What's your most recent video? My most recent video at this time will be a Tristani Selesnya's voice. So oh. the guild sets came out mm -hmm. and they've the kind kits, of, yeah. the guild kits, yeah. And they've opened up, you know, people are kind of so-so on the Guilds of Ravnica cards, but they have some really cool reprints and Tristani is one of them that has amazing art. It has some really good reprints. The value of that deck particularly is great because it has privileged position, I think it is, oh, in, that, yeah, that in that is set. Neat. So you could literally buy the guild kit, sell privileged position, and then keep all of the cards that can start you off to making a really great commander deck. So a Tristani deck deck. I also, in weeks past, did an uh, Adelie's. Uh-huh, Adelie's the Cinder. Yeah, the Cinderwind. Yeah. Uh, wizard tempo deck that was very fun. So check those deck techs out on my channel. See, DJ, he knows his stuff. And he also, yeah, you like to talk about... Uh, 
some of the financial stuff you do budget decks or like when to buy things when they're rotating yeah, and like and, the guild kit thing is kind of part of that where yeah. it's like okay this this is a card that you can very easily sell and recoup a lot of the value and basically jumpstart a commander deck so again jumbo commander on youtube and while you're there you can also check out our sister podcast which is the masters of modern uh, in YouTube, if you t- just type in the Masters of Modern, they're going to come up. It's Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format, all things competitive magic. You can find them uh, on Twitter at the MMCast or right next to us at, co- uh, sorry, at collected.company. That's the URL, collected.company. And our editor is Josh Murphy. And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living art. What, what do we have today? This is, I think, an island from M19. It's beautiful. This looks like uh, I'm from Oregon, and it looks a little bit like Haystack Rock. Nice. If you're an Oregonian. Check them out at Living Cards MTG. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Bye, everyone. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.